Welcome to Craig Owalla, the KO Koala Entertainment Halo podcast. My name is Anthony Nicolosi. I'm joined with our usual co-host. Got your potatoes. Got your potatoes. But today, we have a super special guest, our good friend, Brian, from the Sacred Icon Halo podcast. So much buildup. Am I really Am I really that special? Super special, Brian. Brian, we w- Brian came to Colorado for a trip in Aspen, I want to say, right? I think? Uh, it was Estes Park, technically. Estes yeah. Park. Last year, yeah. right? It hasn't yep. been longer than that. Jeez, time flies. Yeah. And... Uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to arrange uh, a meetup for pizza. That was yeah. first of all, that pizza wasn't that bad. I'm not even that much of a pizza guy. The pizza was pretty good. And but, I gave you pie. And I was going to say the pie was uh, probably better, probably even better. Like it was, I think it, it was, was good. Like a, it was like an almost forty dollar pie. That, so I, I gave you like twenty dollars worth of that forty dollar pie. It was good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, it kind of looked like thirty dollars. So you're selling yourself short. You gave me a nice chunk of that pie. It was good stuff. Um, so anyway, Brian runs the Sacred Icon Halo podcast. Brian, do you want to give us a little bit of a breakdown? First of all, if you're watching right now, you can see Brian's got a pretty sweet shirt on right now. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice uh, minimalist logo shirt. We, some of you guys have asked me about that white shirt that I wear with the black logo. That's like, uh, well, it's it's a hand. It's a Spartan armor hand, a mule in her armor hand grabbing a sacred icon. Uh, obviously, the Halo sacred icon. That is the logo of the Sacred Icon Halo podcast. That's the that's who I'm talking to. Unfortunately, it is literally in the washing bin, if you will, right now. So I don't have it, but you can you you will ca- frequently catch me wearing it. This is Brian from said Sacred Icon Halo. Do you want to give us a little bit of a breakdown of um, how you fell in love with Halo and why you started Sacred Icon and how that all kind of happened? Yeah, um, let's see. So uh, people who listen to the podcast have probably heard variations of the story many times, but um, so when Halo first came out, Combat Evolved. I was nine years old, and so I was a big Nintendo fanboy, and my immediate reaction to Halo being popular was, it probably isn't good, people just like it because it's Microsoft, and I'm, I'm not interested. So I never really played the first one. I watched people play it, but I never really played it. And then I went to a friend's house the Christmas right after Halo 2 came out. So Halo 2 came out in November 2004. So I was at a friend's house that Christmas, and I had a buddy who asked for an Xbox with Halo 2 just so he could have all three systems in his bedroom. He didn't actually care about Halo. He wasn't a Halo fan. He just <laughs> wanted to have them all in So when I came over, he wasn't playing this new Xbox with Halo 2, and I was like, can I give that a shot? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. I'm not playing it on freaking Christmas Day. <laughs> so, so I went and uh, we hooked it up in the living room, and I started playing it, and immediately with just like the opening cutscene with the arbiter and the trial and the prophets and then you know chief and and putting his armor on i started playing i was like i was kind of intrigued and i played cairo station and i was like this is pretty good and then i got to outskirts and when i you know they started introducing vehicles and like just the cutscenes and the scorpion and the um just the scarab that shows up in metropolis I was just absolutely just blown away. It was the best game I'd ever played. And then the funny thing is, as soon as it got to the Arbiter mission, 
I immediately noped out and replayed the Master Chief mission. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't even, I wouldn't even entertain it. And the thing is, like, I didn't have, like, what, you know, established Halo fans had going into it where they're like, I don't want to play as Arbiter. I'm a fan of the Chief. This was my first time playing it. But I think, you know, and I, I've, obviously now I love the Arbiter missions. I love the whole game. But I think at the time, if you think about the first mission with the Arbiter, it seems pretty uh, kind of boring and plain compared to what you just came off of. Right. I mean, you just came off of playing as the chief, you know, with all these vehicles. and the, I was going to say it's outskirts, it. right, that precedes that first Arbiter mission? It's outskirts and then Metropolis. They're actually two different missions. Yep, yep, they, yep, yep. Like one. yep. Yep. So, yeah, you just kind of do all this bombastic stuff as chief with, like, the Marines. And then, I mean, you, you saw, like, you know, giving the Covenant back their bomb cutscene and all this yeah. stuff. And then you get to the Arbiter, and it's, like, this really brown level and you got to go in stealthy, and you don't even know the guy. So, but anyways, <laughs> long story short, uh, I started begging my parents like every day for an Xbox. Eventually, got one eight months later on my birthday, um, and then became that was my favorite game of all time, and it's been ever since. Obviously, was super stoked for Halo Three and everything, and, and can go into all that. But uh, as far as Secret Icon goes, um, so it was 2019. I got married in June of 2019. And then it was like this really like pathetic type video game nerd thing. You you usually wouldn't want to tell people, but it was September 25th, Halo 3's anniversary. Okay. Three months three months after uh, getting married, and I'm laying in bed with my wife before, before we go to sleep, and I'm I'm feeling so emotional by Halo 3. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm almost brought to almost brought to tears with emotion, and it's like because not just the game, but series my childhood, the the hype of that. Like, Halo 3 is the most I've ever been hyped for anything, still, to this day. The hype was um, crazy, though. It was insane. I yeah. mean, I just expected the world of it. So I was like, I got to figure out something to do with this passion. Not to mention, uh, credit to Josh. Josh, my co-host Josh, for those of you who don't know, um, he he's always credited me with being like the Halo hype man. Like, just he cannot even care about Halo, and I just get him like dying to just to play. dive into all the material. Yeah, so because uh, Josh is really into Star Wars, right? Yeah, Josh's Josh's main thing is Star Wars. Uh, we both we kind of share the big three pillars. I think we share. We both love Star Wars, Middle Earth, and you know, Lord of the Rings. Yep, and uh, and Halo. Um, but like, yeah, Josh's like interest in Halo kind of flirts in and out more than mine. Mine's kind of always mostly there. Um, but, uh, so after that, like anniversary Halo three, I was like, I got all this hype, all this like passion. What am I going to do with it? So I started uh, a Twitter account just as Brian and I started making articles on, uh, just a free WordPress site. So I just had like sacred icon, halo.wordpress.com. Didn't even pay for it. And I would just write articles about my, uh, my, my, my passion for Halo and like three people read it and it's like my brother josh and like one other person and i had like 25 followers on twitter and uh so i was just doing it to kind of let that out but I, it didn't really gain any traction and then one day i think josh mentioned it first about like hey we should maybe do a podcast sometime and i was like yeah well, let me look into that and then i looked into it and i found out it was not as hard as i thought it was to start one so we decided to start a podcast and if you listen to the first episode, horrible, horrible audio quality. I'm not even talking about like OCD horrible audio quality. I'm just talking like 
we were using our cell phones with like iPhone headphones and it was really bad. <laughs> but uh, the weird thing is, so I don't know if it was like a perfect storm or if we literally did something really right. But I changed my, I had my Brian Twitter with like 25 followers. I changed the logo. I told my wife I had an idea for what I wanted our podcast to be called and what I wanted the logo to be. I said, I want it to be called Sacred Icon. That's what the uh, that's what the covenant called the index from the Halo games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, what I picture is Chief reaching out with his hand to grab the index, but the, the image is right before he's grabbed it. And my wife just drew up what is our logo right now. <laughs> that's and a solid one. I just like this. Yeah, so I threw that up there. And so I had that logo. Sacred Icon was the name. Sacred Icon Halo. And we put out that first episode. And our first episode of our podcast got like uh, like 40 downloads. The first one ever. That's really good. Like, And it was horrible audio quality. And then so I, the thing is like we kind of maintained like 30, 40 for like a couple episodes. But then I kind of struck gold with uh, on the Twitter. I asked a question, like really well-worded question. I think it was something. I think the first question I asked was like uh, 343 is seeing your passion for Halo. They love it. And they've invited you into the studio to make one decision for Halo Infinite and whatever you say goes. And with like, I had like less than 100 followers and it got like four or 500 likes and comments and replies and retweets. And I saw it and I was like, man, people kind of like this. Right. So I'm going to kind of roll with this. So I just started posting one or two questions just like that every day, really well worded, you know, high quality, like, you know, HD images. You know, I didn't just pull off like Google search random stuff. And it just kept happening, just kept getting. And then the thing is, I kept, we kept getting followers and just it kept going up and up and up. And I think by like not even the fifth episode of the podcast, we had over a thousand followers. Yeah. It just took off. And then, you know, then the, 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 we just plugged the podcast through the Twitter and then we had hundreds of listeners. So. Yeah. My, uh, the topic actually that we wanted to talk about today surrounding like Halo fandoms, fandoms in general and stuff. It t- is definitely going to involve Twitter. One thing about your guys' existence <laughs> that I find almost ironic to a certain extent, because when I, the way I've, uh, I've told this story, I think on the podcast where I joined you guys, by the way, yeah, if you're listening to this, I joined Brian on the Sacred Icon Halo podcast. I want to say it's episode 25. Um, but, uh, and we had a good time. It was, that was a good one. Uh, and I think I discussed this, but I, f- I saw you guys initially on Twitter um, and I remember my general impression was like, oh, look, somebody who likes Halo, like who's positive about Halo, um, which is, like I said, related to the topic we'll talk about today and, uh, started listening to you guys from, from, from that angle. And, uh, uh yeah, I really, I really enjoy the conversations there. Like I said, I feel like you guys have um, an optimistic perspective on the conversations, an optimistic and like positive perspective on the conversations you have around Halo, whatever they may be. Um, And that was appreciative. Also in the Discord, join the Discord and all that stuff. Um, A positive, I think, is 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 the way positivity, optimism, I think, are words that people associate to the sacred icon halo messaging and uh part of the reason I, quite honestly like part of the reason we started craig walla was we were talking to each other and we we're like well sacred icon halo are happy and enthusiastic um 
about Halo, but we don't really see a ton of that in the podcast space, the Halo podcast space. It's maybe just more like, not that it's not that they're all negative. Like, uh, I'm trying to think podcast evolved, evolved. And you know, some of those guys, they're positive. They're super positive. I just think, you know, we're kind of like savages, you know, we're like, we're like the bros that you invite over to play Halo. We're not really, uh, there's some bad words here and there and it's the conversation is really casual um and it just seems like everybody else in the halo community is much more civilized than we are so we we filled that niche right there a little bit (laughs) i I, know i appreciate you saying that and i think i think the, the cool thing about like and i've told i told josh this from the beginning i'm like podcast evolved they have like a really good um they're kind of what the way I look at them is they're very official in the way they yeah 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 they're they're kind of formatted and um they they have a very, they have a lot of structure and I think that makes them very a very good Halo podcast and that kind of that gives them their space and then, so when me and Josh started I was like I feel like we're kind of like the uh, I mean in a sense like you said with you guys like two dudes talking about Halo and then um, we're kind of we've actually had people tell us we're like like therapy for halo <laughs> we discuss our feelings about halo a lot. no right 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 uh, so yeah i think i think it's i think it's great that you guys are here uh doing more positive stuff and, and the thing is i it's another thing i i'm surprised how much people have like noticed is like we try to like be like nice and not cuss and be like and stuff like that but like it, it slips from us sometimes and josh more than i i think you would admit All right but uh i don't know i it's great. <laughs> yeah, the way I would describe it is like you guys are a Halo podcast where you sit down in a nice like that fancy house I just told you we went and we picked up that trampoline. They had I'm not even shitting you, dude. They had like five living rooms, okay? It was like one of these like big huge mansion houses. And I imagine like the way I would describe it is like Sacred Icon Halo is like sitting in one of these real nice living rooms with the nice, the nice chairs, the elaborate mark, you know, wood design with a fireplace. And we're like, we, um, we're, we have Doritos on our controller and we, uh, the, the fire is from Mateusz accidentally lighting something with his, uh, lighter when he, instead of his cigarette kind of a thing, like, you know, like we're just, we're just a mess over here. Uh, that's maybe we just, just edit the Doritos out better. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe anyway. So yeah, that's uh, that's cool. That's really cool. I think we have we've had recent conversations for the people in our community who are listening to this now or in the future. We've had conversations recently on the Coffee with Bramwall on Morning podcast about like they they ask they'll ask questions about trying to start making content or putting content out there, uh, streaming, making music, blah blah. And one thing that I'm always trying, one thing I always say is like just like the the one of the mo- most important things to do is just just do it like yep. there's there's some amount of learning that you get that you can only get doing it in my opinion like you can sort of anticipate so only so much but there's uh, you, you know, there's that saying like everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Like you need to get out there and like get punched in the mouth to know how you need to adjust from getting punched in the yeah. mouth. Uh, you can't just punch a punching bag the whole time. You eventually got to go and fight somebody, you know, um, to use that analogy. You don't actually fight people yeah, when think, making content. I, mean, I, I completely agree with you. I think because like, uh, for instance, like whenever in the past, whenever I thought about starting a podcast or YouTube or whatever it is you always want to have all the details down before you start. 
you want to have perfect mic, perfect webcam, just everything ready to go. You want to have your artwork done. You want to have all this stuff established. But if you try to do that, you almost always fail because I've seen people who have all the snazzy stuff immediately and no one cares to listen to them. And then I've seen people who get on there with their, their horrible quality mic and barely anything to show, but what they're passionate and what they're talking about is interesting. Right. And it blows up, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I actually, I'm actually, uh, I I get, I get caught in that sometimes too, like where I want things to, a lot of times I want things to be good and nice. I'll try one thing that I've been challenging myself to do this year is like make a piece of music related content once a week. And, um, that's helped push me to like not spend so much time polishing or like overthinking and overworking it. Like, yeah, it's a little off time. There's like the metronome was like, uh, I moved the clip in the wrong place. So when I recorded it, the metronome was a little screwy and blah, blah, blah. I want to go back and record it, but it's like, no, just like go, just go. What the learning is, don't do that next time for the metronome, put the content out, get feedback for the other part of it that was fine or whatever. And so anyway, that's a cool conversation. Potatoes, did you want to say how potatoes? How do you find the sacred icon Halo? Because I mean, I'm sure I told you about sacred icon Halo, but why do you keep listening to him? Is probably the more important question because I don't force him to listen to Sacred Icon Halo. <laughs> yeah. So um, basically, just like one day, well, I I was going to work every day and I was listening to music, and then I was just like, you know, I should start listening to podcasts. So I uh, messaged Anthony. I was like, you have any good Halo podcasts for me? Um, and there was like five of them and for some reason it was your guys's logo the sacred icon logo i was like that's a sick logo so i clicked on you guys started listening to you guys i was like damn like they're so like every time you listen to someone talk about halo they it's basically they're just like oh i want 343 to do this i want 343 to do this and it's just like oh they screwed up here and then but you guys were like pointing out the good in the podcast like uh, in the not in the podcast in the games and the, like everything about halo and it just was like yeah I, wanna, I would so much rather listen to someone pointing out the good things in halo than pointing out the shit things that everyone already knows about so like that that's basically how i found them i really appreciate that man i i agree with you it was actually it's actually funny because i think on the last podcast alex uh said that he was like good criticism is finding the things you like and what's already out there, not trying to create your version of it. You know what I mean? Cause the, uh, the things you don't like, those come to the surface really quick. Everybody knows it. Like, right. Yeah. If I say, if I say Halo five story, everyone already knows the con- right. whole conversation. There's nothing left to say. Um, but if you can take what's there and find the things you like rather than go, Oh, uh, you know, in my version of Halo five, this would have happened. It's not really helpful or healthy because you can't. Yeah, it's hard for, for you to sure. move on past that when you're like wishing you had made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, something we try and cover in quality time as well. I think that it's not. This is not unique to the Halo fandom in particular, but it's really impossible to perceive the complexity of making these things. You know, making these games, um, and the just the human dynamic behind it. I was actually just talking to a triple a developer on Twitter and they were like, they were feeling creatively burned out. And, um, we were talking about that a little bit like that in itself is a whole element that, you know, like a, a, a group of creative people can only like put their heart and soul into something for so long after the freaking 72nd 
iteration of that chunk of that level, you're freaking sick of that part of that level. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want to yeah. see that damn corner one more time. Like, um, and you just have to wrap it up and you need to keep going because there's a deadline and the E3 build is, I don't know when, blah, blah, blah. And like there, there are humans who make this thing, you know, and that's, that's, uh, I think the dynamics of that are a process loss. Of course, there's always things like Alex was saying, and like, I agree, constructive criticism is always great to have. I, I think that's all, I think honestly, like, uh, developers really would love to know what we don't like in a constructive way. Like they'd love to make it better. They're not actively trying to make a game we all hate. Uh, so yeah, I agree. Well, I think, I, I think that's like, uh, that's something we touched on in the last episode with Alex too, was, um, you know, maybe, maybe a year before Halo five came out, the team, the team might've realized, you know, this, this thing we have going on with Cortana, it does. It's not really working the way we'd hope. Right. It it's not really landing. But with a year left till release, what are we gonna do? How much change can you make? And I think that's one thing we don't give credit enough for people for like developers as well as like some of the talent. You can see the talent when a game comes out; it's just great. But a lot of the talent is like how they got there. Like there could have been. A horrible idea in Halo Three or Halo Two or whatever. Right. There's hey, there was sprinting in Halo Two. There you go. It's literally in the code. Like you can sprint. But the way that developers steer into what what they're what they already have, like if you're yeah. you're out and you already have this, the way they steer into that and they land the plane can make all the difference of whether it's a good idea or not. You know, hundred percent. I'm what I'm actually looking for right now on the side is I, I know you actually saw this tweet as well because I saw you guys replied to it, but it was, uh, I think he's a level designer at three, four, three talk about, um, wanting to show these levels that got cut from halo five. It was relatively recently. I don't know if that rings a bell for you, but he said that, um, he wishes, he hopes one day maybe he can show them or something like he, and that he's curious as to how the game would have come out just to allude to like the dynamics. There could have been three more levels that were 70% of the way done, you know, six months out. And they just made the call, like let's polish what we have and not take a risk of, you know, the game being more, because one thing I'll give halo five, it was like technically bugs wise and stuff was fantastic. They, I thought it was a very bug free launch, bug free game. Um, you can argue i people do argue that you know they had a really limited scope they didn't have a lot of like multiplayer playlists but i remember being in the insider program and get getting that survey of like what should we prioritize do you want more playlists or do you want like polished playlists like a more focused experience that's you know more polished i i can't remember the way they phrased it and i voted for the less but more polished which is what I feel like we got. The, there were only a few playlists. I think it was like five at launch, and it grew later. But the five that did launch worked really well. And anyway, so just to say, who knows? Like at the, in the end of the day, you have priorities and shifting priorities. You have to make calls on stuff, and they go with what seems right at the time. Um, and that's yeah. I, unfortunately, I also feel like it's a little hard. Um, I, I hard to defend yourself if you're them like you know like you can't you can't 
tell them you there's literally some stuff you can't tell them like you can't tell them that the reason this one thing happened in the story this way was because we actually did have another cut scene but it turns out that there was a legal dispute with the contract of one of the mocap actors who was in the scene so we actually couldn't use that footage you know yeah i'm just saying yeah. i don't know if that happened <laughs> It goes so many different ways. And then another angle I like to think about it, too, is like no matter how bad a game was or perceived was by the fandom, you end up you always end up generating new fans by that entry. No, it's true. So There's I, a I, lot I, of those. Yeah. Yeah. I've met several people. I mean, a lot of people's favorite Halo is four. And that was a three, four, three title. But I've actually met a decent, you know, a few people who their favorite Halo in the whole series is five. And and for some for some it's their favorite in the series for the story. I mean, yeah, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting yeah. one. And and the thing is, like, you come to find out the reasons why. Well, maybe they that was their first Halo, so the, it means more to them, or or maybe a particular character resonated with them. But the thing, it's like I think so important for fandoms, and this is kind of I feel like I'm kind of taking your no no saying, no no go for it taking, it taking a different direction as well as like, um, you know. Try not to be like so protective of your fandom because I know for so many of us it's like, oh, Halo, that Halo was the OG trilogy with Bungie. I was there, you know, I know the names, Joe State, Marty O'Donnell, Jamie Grissom, all this stuff. But like, um, there's so many fans who are fans of Halo right now because of four or five or Reach or whatever. And that's really awesome. And they're going to go into the next game. And I want to take around. It kind of makes me think of like Star Wars and how. There's some people that the prequels, that's the prequels, that's their Star Wars. I mean, they're they're now 20-some years old. They grew up with those. Dude, I like the prequels. That's me. Yeah, hey, that's me. I like the prequels, yeah. personally. I like the prequels as well. They're not they're not my favorite of all nine, but I do enjoy them. And they're Josh's favorite. Um, and here's, I'm actually, my favorite is actually the sequel trilogy. Which really? That's really, really interesting. Like I personally wasn't a big fan of it, but. That's, that's most people right now, but I think. No, I mean, yeah. Once you see like 10, 15 years now, you're going to see this. Yeah, I agree. Be a lot. I agree. So I think that's a. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say, I wanted to come pull back. Let me finish actually this train of thought before I show this tweet. But um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I don't want, I don't want to phrase this from the perspective of like, man, people bitch about Halo. They're so stupid. Isn't that right, Brian? Like, <laughs> that's not what I'm trying to say. Where that, where that passion comes from is so complicated. Like sometimes, sometimes you've, I've seen this on, uh, I remember on Waypoint, there was once this person who made a po post like around the Halo 4 era that I was like, found interesting was they, uh, the, they had grown, like they were like, they themselves admitted being the toxic original trilogy kind of fanboys because there was that time in their life they played it with their dad, if I remember the story correctly. Long story short, there was a falling out in their in the parents' marriage and there was a divorce that happened, all this stuff. And basically she can't like that this person couldn't spend as much time with their dad anymore. So like Halo was strongly associated to these good memories of a, a person she really loved. You know what I mean? Like is really what it boiled down to. So when you defend those original tri trilogy, of course that's not like necessarily a healthy way to do it. And that's what she was saying. But, um, 
that's where it's coming from. You know what I mean? It's something way more than the disc you put in. You know, it's the connections. It's that time frame. I know that I, I don't know, a lot of the people that I hear say some of that stuff, like who love the trilogy more, like I prefer the trilogy more. And I definitely think there's an amount of that, like that's just nostalgic, right? Of that era. Uh, that was a different time of life. That was, you know, an easier time of life, like technically as 10, you know, 14 or whatever. Yeah. Um, the sleepovers, the whatever, like all those things are associated to that. And then the reason why I like Halo 4, for example, and Halo 5 and Master Chief Collection, I would say even arguably more in some ways than the original trilogy is because I experienced those with my wife. We had like, uh, you know, we, we played all those together and had a great time, blah, blah, blah. So it comes from it just to say it's not black and white it's not like dumb person gets mad and blah 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 these things always these fandoms like always in my opinion i feel always come from something somewhere deeper you know some deeper connection when it gets crazy like that yeah i mean for sure i, I think most people who who claim to be you know big big halo fans whatever that means it there's there's real emotions attached to the games you know it's not just literally the game itself um i think that what isn't like what isn't beneficial is when because this is something that it was kind of a hard for me to resist when we started sacred icon is um you want to go on twitter or wherever and be like all this toxicity needs to die the haters need to stop hating but all but really like those words don't mean anything and it kind of just fosters the 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 response yeah because then people are just like, because then you get the people who you thought were toxic coming in and saying, yeah, the toxicity needs to stop. Yeah. Like, I thought you were the one. Well, you're on my team? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, nobody wants to be that guy. And, and I mean, of course, there's a couple of people who just want to be assholes for sure. Like that they make their, yeah. their way yeah, yeah, of yeah. being one. But most people don't think they're the toxic person. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think it's uh, it's just beneficial to, to lean into what's good and, and not – not discredit the way it's so tough, man, because like I, I, I go back and forth on this line where there's one part of me that wants to be like your feelings and emotions for Halo are real and they matter and you should have them. And there's another part of me who wants to go. It's just a game. And I don't say that disrespectfully because you I mean, anybody who listens to our podcast knows I love Halo. It means a lot to me, but it is just a game. So. Uh, I think that's where like Josh and I get fatigued sometimes because we are so laser focused on Halo year round. Right. Uh, just by nature of running Sacred Icon, it's like uh, just the, the regurgitated um, uh, topics. Whether whether it's something old like Sprint or it's something new <laughs> like the the shader controversy. Right. The co- the coatings. Yep. Yeah, the coatings. It's like the thing is, there's something worth talking about there. We're not saying like you shouldn't criticize three, four, three, because you know, every, when it's, when it's welcomed, you know, go ahead. But like, you know, it was like weeks later and you just regularly, you'd see somebody dive bomb a halo post about MCC getting a new season. And it would just be like, well, what, how much are coding's going to cost? Assholes? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> dude, like this. So, so it's like, there's a, there's a, there's a level of like, yeah, this is important to you. I know. But then there's also like, this is all fake. It's just a game. You know, I don't know, like, ride that line. I even, I wonder also if the reason why it seems more bothersome, this, like, cynicism, if you will, is because it's actually been, what, six years 
since a Halo game came out. Like, it's actually been a long time. So I feel like there's, I don't know, prior to Halo 5, I convinced like three people to buy Xboxes from how hyped I got them on like the potential of the story because like Halo 4 had happened. There was the didact shit. There were the comics going on. You know, the marketing was fucking awesome. The, the hunt, the truth was so cool. Um, and all oh, like, where's this going? Oh, chief's the bad guy. Oh shit. You know, what's locks motivations, the freaking I shoot you, you shoot me. I mean, my, I think this was part of the problem with the Halo five story. When I played it was my hype. I have never been so hyped for a Halo game. I'm not kidding. I'm like even hyped. more than, even more than the original trilogy. I was like, whoa, I was so excited. And um, uh, why am I saying this? Why am I saying this? Oh, just to say that there was a period right there of like two or three years of just hype, man. Like nuggets being released. I don't know if you were paying, like if you, if you would follow those um, cannon fodder. There was the guy who gets, was it catalog? Like the catalog post yeah, on Waypoint. Yeah. And oh shit, what does he mean? There was like an ARG element thing going on. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was just like awesome little nugget after awesome little nugget. And now it's been just more or less like, I would say at least three or four years of basically nothing like very like, you know, the maintenance content if is what I call it. And uh, although they did like, for example, Shadows of Reach, there's been some stuff here and there. Renegades was a kick ass book. I loved it. Um, But I don't know. It just, yeah. In my opinion, in my opinion, the Halo, whether it was intentional or not, I, I lean towards it. It was intentional. Uh, the series is on a has, went on a hiatus. Is really what happened. Right, I agree. By the time Infinite comes out, it's going to have been six years. We're talking. There's going to be there's going to be six year olds who are playing it for the first time. There's going to be twelve year olds who played Halo Five when they were six. There's going to be you know people who are in high school who are now married with kids that the last time they played halo was was halo 5 yeah <laughs> exactly so um yeah it's 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 a, it's a different time now for halo and i you know i think too with you talking about how just how dope the the build up for halo 5 was um i think i i i've gotten to the point where i i tend to blame fandoms more than i do um, developers, or it doesn't have to be video games, developers or, or, or movie directors or whatever, I tend to blame the fans more often than not as I get older because you can see how, like, priorities shift because of fan reaction. Um, I don't have any insider info, but I just feel like Halo 5 wouldn't have looked exactly the way it did had Halo 4 been received well because I don't I don't know if you've made this clear, Anthony, but, like, even though you and I love Halo 4, um, it wasn't received well. Yeah, no, I agree. Espe- like the multiplayer especially yeah. was received especially. super poorly. The campaign... But there was a fair amount of criticism for the for the campaign, actually. Yeah, well. there was. I, um, I also feel like the, just the Halo content creator scene and everything like that was just much more in its infancy. At least the, the big creators now weren't as nearly as big at Halo 4, True. you know? And so... Yeah. It was a little different, but I, I I was surprised as the years went on of like, oh, people didn't like Halo 4. And to be honest, I can understand where like, you know, that one exposition heavy librarian cutscene like makes sense. If you didn't read the books like I did and were super hyped about every little freaking forerunner nugget, I can see how that that cutscene alone was just like, what the f- is going on? You know, like so um yeah, I you're it's true. Like um you're right. That Halo 4 was received negative. I do wonder. I agree. I, I was going into, like I was saying, the way I had built up hype amongst the people I knew 
was from the perspective of Halo 4 was great. The way I saw it was Halo 4 campaign, fantastic. Multiplayer, I personally had a lot of fun on the social modes, but especially the competitive, which is also something I really like, was really, honestly, it was bad, like, from a competitive standpoint. Um, It was just clearly not a priority is what it seemed like. Halo 5, what I was hoping was they're going to figure out the multiplayer, which in the end they did. I fucking love the multiplayer. So good. So, and then, oh, well, they know campaign, so it's going to be like the perfect one. And unfortunately, I think the way a lot of people felt, I felt, was that the the campaign was weak and the multiplayer was strong. What I'm hoping now for Infinite is they put them both together and you've got a killer campaign and multiplayer. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually on the same exact page as you. And it's, it's funny because, uh, and Josh has talked about this on our podcast, is um, when Josh played Halo 4 for the first time, he didn't like it. He didn't like Halo 4. Josh didn't. And then... Um, I started talking to him somewhere before before MCC came out. I started talking to Josh about Halo, and I just went on this long nerd rant about um, Greg Bear's 400 trilogies and how all this ties in and all the. Josh got really interested in what I was saying. He was like, okay, I, I think I need to give Halo 4 another chance. And he gave Halo 4 another chance, and he really started to come around to Halo 4. So, because, like, I was going my, – my mindset was – Bungie put out these straight-fire Halo games, and then this new developer, 343, came in, and they put out a straight-fire game in Halo 4. So I'm just like, I'm telling all my friends, and Josh is the, the prime example, I'm like, this game kicks ass, and, like, Halo 5 is going to kick ass too. You need to be a part of this, man. And, like, got, I got Josh and other people on that hype train as well, and then we got to Halo 5, and it kind of stopped a lot of us in our tracks with how Halo 5 story Went. Going. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Potatoes, yeah, jump in here. Yeah, yeah. So I was just about to say, actually, um, I the first time I played Halo Four is I also didn't like the campaign, but I loved the multiplayer. Like I would just play, yeah, I would play the multiplayer like forever and ever. And then it wasn't until like three or four months after I went to my friend's house, and he didn't have Xbox Live, or yeah. So um, we just played like at least five hours of just 1v1 Halo 4 uh, in um, the, not whatever it's called. Haven? And then, he, yeah, in Haven, yeah. <laughs> and so then after like five hours, we got really bored. So we we're like, let's just play um, the campaign. So we played through the campaign, and we, I honestly, I don't know why I ever didn't like it. I loved it after I played <laughs> it. It was the weirdest thing. You played co-op I, with him? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's. Uh, I think there's something to do with the fact that it that it is so different. You know, Halo Four. Like coming off Halo Three, Halo Four is is quite different. And I think whenever you see something that different the first time, it's kind of hard to accept. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But also, like, I have to play with my brother, and he's like really bad at these games. And he just like <laughs> always sabotages me through the whole campaign. So oh. doing that, like, no, that could have been it. Yeah, that could have <laughs> been it. There, I mean, I can, Countless memories of playing Halo 2 with my brother on co-op and being like, oops, my controller slipped. I accidentally married you in the back. Yeah, that happens nonstop. Yeah, the best was on Legendary where you kill somebody and you both have to respawn. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, crap. I forgot about that. No, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not joking. All this really happened. We were on Metropolis crossing that bridge at the beginning, and I was playing with my youngest brother, who at the time was like four or something. And... Me and my other brother told him that if he jumped off the bridge into the water, it was a cheat code to get a special, uh, <laughs> a special uh, vehicle. And he literally did it without any hesitation. And then as soon as he died, he's like, 
You lied to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta jump up. You gotta run up those cables on the side. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you gotta Metropolis do that. Metropolis was probably my fav- one of my favorite. Metropolis with mod, like the modified settings and stuff like that. Like, yeah. le- that's oh my gosh, that's so much fun. Did you guys I, properly get the scarab gun and the soccer ball? Nope, I can't. Yes, I, I, I can't I, admit I got the soccer ball, but not the scarab gun. I mean, I have now, now that with on MCC, but okay. not back in the day. I was gonna say it's it's fun to get the scarab gun, but it's kind of annoying too. Yeah, it's yeah. A- and then you could put that uh, what skull on that gives you the scarab gun with every single gun you pick up. So you're just like going through the level, just yeah. blowing everything up. That was so much fun killing your yeah, teammate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put I'm gonna put this real quick before we move off of Halo Five too far. I found the tweet. Uh, this will be up on the YouTube and everything, but um, it, it, this tweet comes from Kevin Schmidt, who is a senior designer at Three Four Three Industries. He was the former senior slash lead designer at LucasArts and, and etc. He says um, he has two pictures here that you guys probably know the movie references. I don't because I am an uncultured swine. But it he says found these while clean cleaning out my old Halo Five idea reference folder, and it reminded me of all the story beats and levels we had to cut. I might be biased because they were mine, but I always felt they were super interesting lore slash story building levels, and I so wanted to do them. So, um, all I know, I do, I do remember the tweet now. Yeah, there's. I don't know if you guys. Yeah. I'll, anyway, it, I'm not sure exactly what these movies are that are, he's he's talking about that he wants to use as a reference. But oh man, I I wonder so much what what could have been. Now I want to ask you though before um, we start heading towards a wrap up here, the um, one thing that I find, <laughs> I like I said, I, ironic, is that you, you one of your guys is the main place, uh, the main sacred icon, epicenter of content is Twitter, in my opinion, outside of obviously the podcast, but I mean like on the social media sites and Twitter, in my opinion, I've had a conversation (laughs) with you recently about this is like the most toxic of them all. (laughs) I feel, I personally feel, and of course this could be related to the people I'm following. I just don't feel like, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily the people I'm following who are toxic. I feel like it's like you said, you there's a new halo post and it's the replies like you see like the whole community replying to it it's the reddit sometimes like ter- things are turning it i feel like reddit's better personally i mean they can freak out every now and then but whatever twitter i don't know i feel like maybe part of the reason why is i feel like to engage with people there i just i i feel like the pattern i see is that if content is more like the more um emotionally uh ticking it is i can't uh, triggering it is um like the better the engagement and that a lot of times i feel like i see negative uh critical angry stuff performing better than just positive stuff not always like i said you guys actually do, do great great engagement on your posts um especially when they're just like uh just they're just a positive thing like i i think it was right the next last couple of days you guys just put out a post about like how just we're hyped for halo infinite right like that's it and then yeah hey a lot of people other people are but generally speaking i feel like the the tweet you see is like 
man, do these fuckheads know how to run competitive Halo? Like that's the, that's the tweet. You know what I mean? Like, um, and that's what I see. So I think the burden, the burden that falls on Josh and I to make it, because I think, I think the, the, the following we do get are the people that come to sacred icon. They're coming there because it is positive, because it is a, a place to talk about stuff that talk about something you love without having to deal with all that crap. And the, the burdens on us to to continue to keep that up because I don't I don't know if anybody notices just passing our Twitter, but like I very intently I run it in a very intentful way. Like when I make a uh, tweet, I read every single reply every time. Every every reply I've ever gotten, I always read, um, and I like if the reply is it, it can even be negative as long as it's respectful. I'll like every single reply to let everyone know that I've read it, which seems to make people like I've seen this. I can't count how many times I've liked someone's response and then they follow me because they just like that. I actually paid attention to it. Right, right, right. Yep. So I, I read them all. I like them all. And if somebody posts something um, dis- super disrespectful or unfairly negative, I don't like it. or I don't acknowledge it. And I mean, I've had I mean, I've had people come in there and say things that initially were really hard for me to resist you know like first couple months somebody come in and say uh, this account's run by two three four three shills they they <laughs> they'll, eat up, they'll eat up any shit that's laid down for them <laughs> and you know like in the beginning it was like took all my power to not be like hey no, fuck you <laughs> <laughs> you know but i came to learn that like if you don't reply to those people you don't give them anything to work with it just dies yeah, no, it's true. So that's then everything just stays positive. So. No, well, like I, that's why I brought it up. Uh, you're trying to be positive in what I consider. And like to bring it back, that previous example I said, these fuckheads don't know how to run a competitive scene, right? That that kind of a tweet that I see like all the time. Yeah. Another way to phrase it, right, which I think is actually a good thing for somebody to say is – the kind of content that HCS is putting out is not very engaging right now. Like it's, um, yeah. it feels like HCS is being treated as an afterthought, and the content like in and some content that could be interesting is blah 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 blah. I'll give also credit to people though. Like when stuff, so some of these same accounts when stuff goes well, also do give it props. It's just like I think it is maybe mo- a lot of times it's like you. I, I think they also know you have to say things a certain way to the get them like to get the engagement maybe that you're looking for. And you could say, I wish engagement, you know, I wish that they would make more engaging content in HGS. Some things that I find think would be interesting is la la la. That's not going to do as good as a tweet that says these fuckheads don't run HCS. Like, you know what I mean? Like is it, that's what I'm kind of saying about the toxicity of Twitter for me personally is that, um, the, the, that's the kind of stuff that bubbles up. Were you going to say something, Potatoes? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, the toxicity is not, like, even all in social media. You're playing, like, a game of Halo 5 SWAT, and you're just, like, someone gets on the mic and starts talking, and he's like, damn, this game's shit. Like, I hate this game. But, like, he's like, we should all just play Slayer, then I'll kick all your butts because SWAT's for losers. And then the next game, you go to Slayer, and some guy's like, oh, Slayer's for losers. The three-footer doesn't know how to do anything. You have to go to Team Arena, and that's where you really play. And they're just, like, hating on the game inside the game. 
and it's just like inside the game that they're diamond five at and clearly have put some time into like <laughs> yeah if I, if I truly hated something i wouldn't be here yeah, yeah. No. so yeah i i think um oh man i kind of lost my train of thought there that 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 yeah that uh getting back to that toxicity on twitter and the re it just seems to be like sort of unfortunately like the reality of that platform to some oh, extent that's, yeah, that's what i was gonna say is like uh you kind of you kind of you kind of have to make a sacrifice if you want to stay positive because uh like you said already anthony going going negative it gets you the the hits right away yeah you know what i mean so like in the beginning, when we started saying something like, wow, 343 can't do anything right, boom, it'll blow up or something, you know, like that's, that's funny. That's, that's a, you've made a poke at 343, but instead of, instead of intentionally, we intentionally say positive things over time. And now at, at this point in time, we've gained enough credibility that people want to actually just follow those things. Right. Um, but it is, it is so much easier just to be negative. I actually, I, I thought it was. I thought I did it respectfully, but I actually posted something that was kind of, kind of. I guess you could see as negative the other day, and it, it took off really quick because it was negative. It was when the Xbox Live Gold was going to mm, be one hundred twenty dollars mm-hmm. a year. So I, the tweet was like, uh, "When when Halo Infinite is free to play, no, when 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 playing Halo Infinite for free costs one hundred and twenty dollars a year." And it was Sergeant Johnson from Halo Two going. <laughs> say, what? say what yeah 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 yeah. i remember and that tweet it, it was like immediately like 700 likes <laughs> and then they fixed it a few hours later and i made a new tweet that was like you know good on them we're glad to see it you know thank you and everything i mean i barely cracked up yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that i mean we had we we covered it in a similar fashion i posted a meme about it on instagram and then i posted a meme about them correcting it on instagram props to like i think our instagram crowd is actually pretty they they generally seem to be pretty pro xbox and stuff so i think that was part of the uh the appreciation there but i again like i feel part of the limitation of twitter too you guys actually do a lot of posts with images which i think is great because i think personally that's one of the reasons i at least myself don't enjoy twitter as much the words and i i th- i think that's part of the reason why you need to lace them with more emotion because it's one thing to com- text words is compared to on instagram an image or a video you know what i mean like there's it's different you it's uh in my opinion the visuals provide a more opportunity for like a rich rich communication style you can say more with an image or a video than you can with the you know whatever 280 characters and so you i don't know that's that's just i feel like when you go to these different platforms, when you go to the like the absorb content for these different, I'll just use uh, consistent terminology, these different fandoms on different platforms, um, they have different vibes, in my opinion. Uh, and the Twitter Halo vibe is just like, I wouldn't say like it's insanely negative, but it's negative, like is the is the vibe, I guess. It's like more trying to focus on the problems. Like, for, for example... Armor coatings, we like we made our post, we like said like could be bad or whatever, but we tried to have some fun with it. Like armor coatings on one hand could um yeah, you know, if you tell me that if for example, if the system was every armor coating in the game was ten dollars, okay, that's fucked up. Like that sucks. 
They said it wasn't. There's a... I don't know. It's it's this kind of like it's only a game for me personally angle that I took on it. And it's free to play. You're going to have to... Unfortunately, yes, like give them some constructive feedback on how they could make that system better. But it's like there's a... This is the real world and things work. You know, you can't, like... Yes, just give me everything for free and like let everything be for free. Like, unfortunately, you know, there's some whatever trade offs and um, I don't know. If you if you step if you step back from your your like Halo fandom and you realize you truly realize that like Halo is not made specifically for you, you can start to see how the codings aren't potentially. We don't know all the details right now, but yeah. So to check the date if you're listening to this later, once the game's already out. You know, but you don't know if the coding is necessarily a bad thing. Because here's the thing. So I've, I've seen a lot of people say, you know, well, I'd rather just pay more money for the game and not have codings. You know, I don't want, I don't, I'd rather not have the multiplayer be free and pay more for the game and not have to worry about codings. Okay, I understand that. I probably would too. But here's the thing. They're trying to make Halo appeal to as many people as possible to reach new fans. And we live in a time now where... And I can say this from experience. I used to, uh, a couple years ago, I taught a middle school Sunday school class at church. And all the kids want to talk about was Fortnite and, you know, those free to play games yep. with the microtransactions. I also, I work at a hospital now. All the, I'm constantly walking past staff, staff, nurses, and whatnot, that are talking about buying their kids V-Bucks for, for Fortnite or whatever. Like, you got to understand, like, the things we liked and we thought were cool when we were kids, you know, get an N64 cartridge, get a PS1 game, whatever, in that package with the cool instruction manual and all that stuff. That was cool to us because of the time. That is not kids that are 5, 10, 15 a day. To them, what's really cool is having a game immediately available, downloadable for free. They don't have to convince their parents or whatever. They can play it as long as they want, and then they can you know buy upgrades whether it's cosmetics or skins or whatnot so like on one hand let's say they just let's say halo infinite came out and it was exactly like traditional bungee halo and there was no microtransactions the multiplayer wasn't free and it was good let's say it was halo 3 level good like that's going to do well enough but it's it's going to continue to just appeal to the original fan base it's not going to grow yeah no i Totally agree. So I if, totally agree. So with with Halo Infinite and it's free to play multiplayer and the and the co- and the shaders, if they get you know an extra ten million players because they took this route of having it now, Halo Infinite can sit alongside Apex and Fortnite and all these other games as these free to play things. You, uh, you know what? One hundred percent. I personally feel that if Halo Five would have launched free to play multiplayer, also on PC could still have like a solid population personally i feel that game's got like some serious like mastery skill mastery depth to it um one halo 5 kind of came right at the cusp yeah i agree took off i agree all the the free to play this whole new market with the you know and and twitch and youtube influences popularity of games more than anything at this point i mean you Mm -hmm. look at a game like among us isn't that game like two years old yep yeah, it's right. It was out like for two years. Yep. The Twitch streamers made it. So. Potatoes, you're gonna say something? No. Nah, oh, you looked like you were. You looked like you were. <laughs> One other thing I was gonna say too uh, about Halo Five, you know, before you, you move away from that, is um, 
I don't know if either of you guys would agree with this or if anybody else listening to this experience this, but for me, you know, as time's gone on and as I've like managed my expectations and I've like tried to be constructive of the games, even the things I hated the most, I've come to like a lot more. Um, I still, to this day, would say Halo 5 has a poor story. That's really how I feel about it. But when I play Halo 5's campaign, I have a lot more fun now than I did when it came out. And I found to appreciate little intricacies of of the campaign, you know, things that, you know, like Blue Team's first mission in Halo 5. Great, great mission, you know, where you're on that ship and it's just just fighting Covenant. You know, um, Genesis was a cool planet. Exuberant Witness was a fun character. I agree. You know, I can really just kind of now we've had enough time, we've had enough separation from the disappointment and take it for what it is. I think that's such yeah. a big part of the Halo 5 campaign for me. And I thought about it a lot, you know, over the years. Like, I feel like if I went into the game without the insane amount of hype that I had, I. I wonder what I would have thought. I don't. I don't think I. I remember. The, so we played it right at launch. You know, 10 p.m. our time, 12 p.m. Eastern, whatever the heck. And um, we the first night we played through the first six missions. So we had just finished Meridian, the Meridian arc. And I remember telling my wife like, "Oh shit, it better start getting good," because <laughs> I I we were that far in. And I'm like, "What? Like." Uh, Something's not right about this. Like, it, it's just not, like, I don't know. I, it, like, again, I'm coming off of that hype. The, the truth, Hunt the Truth. The, dude, the launch trailer for that with the Muse song, like, no one's gonna take me. I was, like, fucking re-watching that shit all at work. They, they were in a, we were in a meeting, and I was just watching that shit over and over again. I'm like, this is gonna be fucking awesome. Like, uh, so, you know, that's a huge part of like how halo five landed for me. Like I was so, so hyped. Brittany's in chat saying too many times. Yeah. Way too many times. I still get hyped watching that thing. And, um, you know, I, I think about it. If I didn't have that hype, I've always said always, always, even when I played it from my perspective, the halo five campaign gameplay was way better than halo four, way better than halo four. In fact, I feel Halo 4 has one of the weakest gameplay campaigns of them all. I think the narrative is awesome. Um, so Halo 5, yeah, that first night, you, like you're saying, that mission with Blue Team, There's I, I, one of my favorite parts is where you're like on top of like cargo crates that are suspended in the air and you're like shooting down at grunts and jackals and you're like jumping across things. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, like there were some great parts gameplay wise in that campaign that part at the end uh before breaking no after maybe breaking where you're osiris and you're running down the guardian that was badass badass, dude that was awesome i love the breaking picture picture halo 4's exact story and like like oh yeah with halo 5 gameplay halo 5's gameplay and it's in its big environment it'd be amazing it was hey, I'm actually I'll be honest a little we were talking about it in the discord the other day I'm legitimately a little concerned that based off of the reception of Halo 5 they might like go backwards on the gameplay. I felt like the gameplay the actual core gameplay of Halo 5 was so good, very yeah. super different from the previous ones, but it was fun and it had depth. 
Um, and I'm concerned, like you said about Halo 4, how would Halo 5 story have gone if people liked Halo 4? I wonder what they'll do. And I think the, un, uh, the other unfortunate part about Halo 5 from a gameplay perspective is I think it took a while to really appreciate its depth. It wasn't necessarily yeah. immediate. And they updated it. They made the sandbox better. So anyway, we'll see how Infinite is. It did, Infinite by no means looked bad. We One thing we are, were all saying when we initially watched the trailer is like, that game looks fun to freaking play. Yeah. Like the shooting and stuff and the punch, like the way, the like pulling the grappling hook and throwing some shit at somebody. Like the it just looked fun. You could feel it, you know, in the controller. You could feel what it like felt. Anyway, so... It's it's hard. It's 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 gotta be impossible for for three four three to not be somewhat reactionary. And I think right. And I don't actually blame them at all. But I think they've been more or less reactionary reactionary since they started. You know, because Halo Four was a, a, a vision they had, and it and they put that game out, and then it got the bad feedback it did. And then Halo Five seemed like a reaction to that. And then now, obviously, the six years we've had since Halo Five. Is them going back to basics and really saying like, how are we going to make a game that appeals to everyone, and them taking their time, and that's what Infinite's going to be. But like, that's one of those situations where like you look back at when Bungie was doing Halo, and Bungie always kind of had this cavalier attitude of just like, we're making the game we want, yeah. we don't give a crap what, <laughs> yeah. what you want, and they just put out games, and for better or worse, whether you liked them or not, they came out with Bungie how Bungie <laughs> wanted them, um, and you know I I think that is the best way to do it. But I can't expect three four three to be able to have that same, that same flexibility. Because yeah, because they're they're fans running a franchise, one of the most popular franchises in the world. They're they're essentially, in a sense, they're more corporate. Um, right. You know, and it, it makes me think of like uh, once again, it's like I feel like Star Wars is the best thing for all comparisons in all of our conversations. <laughs> but like, you look at the, the the Star Wars prequels, which even if all of us here like them, for a decade. They were just yeah, totally shit on. Yes, for being for being absolute <laughs> trash. Yep. And now, once you've seen like Disney picked up the rights, they made the sequel trilogy. The, obviously, the sequel trilogy was very much trying to bring people back to how they felt with the original, original Star Wars. You know, they didn't talk about the prequels. They did real, uh, you know, real practical effects. They brought back the original cast. But now that it's all said and done, what do you see so many people saying? It's like, okay, well, the sequel trilogy really kind of just repeated the same shit we'd already seen yep. did it not as well and the prequels for all the prequels mistakes it was something new and original yep you know? yeah i yeah like i said i hope in a sense i i personally am a big fan of the uh art style change that has happened like i yeah. i'll be honest even when i wasn't even like part of the online social media halo community like when Halo 4 came out, for example, um, the two things that really bugged me about the 343 Halos was the main thing, main thing, even though I really liked the music of Halo 4 for what it was, I didn't hear a single note of the old music. And the music, honestly, like actually literally is the thing of about Halo that I spend the most time with. I always got that soundtrack on. When I work, if I want to focus, the thing I put on is the Halo soundtrack. And... Awesome. To not what? hear, yeah, I put on the Halo <laughs> soundtrack. Possible? Dude, I'm working, yeah, and like I'm just like sitting there, or I'm like trying to focus on something, and then I put a play on the Halo soundtrack, and I'm like, shit, this is so sick. <laughs> and I just like get so distracted from what I'm doing. You could just have, the, especially the original trilogy. It's just like 
I think it's because I know it. Honestly, I think this is the thing. I know him so good at this point that it just like fills in the part of the my brain that's just trying to be distracted and it's occupied with this the soundtrack, you know? But that was a thing. That really was a thing. I remember that there's that one part in Halo 4 where you're like outside of the composer state, you know, the station where everyone gets fried. <laughs> yeah, uh, Delta, the Halo are... Installation 03, like, base. Yeah, and you know that Installation 03 is in the background. And for a moment, the monks are in the background. Like, you hear the, oh, and I was like, oh, fuck, here it comes. Like, they've been saving it, you know? Here come the themes. And we're, but not to say I didn't like it. I really liked the Halo 4 soundtrack and frequently listened to it as well as the Halo 5. I have the Halo 5 soundtrack actually hanging over there. I see that. It's pretty cool. Um, I really like the new stuff. It's just that... I, w- I was looking, you know, Marty O'Donnell uses the term emotional equity that he builds with the themes. So, like, there was there was a theme, you know, the never forget themes. Oh, holy shit. You play that thing and you want to cry wherever you are kind of a thing, you know, like uh, yeah. those 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 themes. I listened to them for 10 years, you know, like over and over again. And when they weren't there, that really bothered me. I was like, oh, man, um, that was a bummer. And, yeah, some of the way things looked was also things so personally i'm i like i said i'm not gonna freak out if if some of that stuff wasn't there i obviously still thoroughly like the other ones but those were elements of the recent 343 games that i felt uh that i was bummed about like you know although in halo 5 my one of my i was so surprised to go on to twitter after halo 5 and find out that everyone hated the level the breaking you know like that second to last level you're like your blue team and you're moving up towards Cortana. So you're like just fighting Prometheus and stuff during that level, the trials plays, you know, Kazuma's take on the halo theme and it's mixed with one, one seven. It's the like most fucking badass song ever. And you're like, you're, you're going up that slide. And uh, I, that whole time I was just like, yes, yes. Like I was like, it finally came back. You know, the theme was back and you were slight, you had to like pull off these moves where you're like sliding around the covers, picking up incineration cannons, just like blasting the shit out of Prometheans. It was so badass to me. I like, uh, I, there's the music for me just has like such a huge, is such a huge part of the Halo experience. So, um, you know, that, that uh, at least in Halo 5, was really brought back. And, oh, I cannot tell you how much I've listened already to the three songs they've released for, <laughs> for Infinite, yes. which are so good, man. All of them. Um, oh, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Like, it's always hard to tell what grabs at certain parts of the fan base because, you know, some, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a certain amount of things in Halo that – the mainstream always wants. Right, right, think, right. I think I think the soundtrack is part of that. Like if I if I find the most like, and I mean no offense to anybody listening, but I find the most bro dude Halo person out there I can find who just plays Halo and does not they don't even they don't even know the lore. They're just playing it. You know, they want competitive multiplayer, they want the the dope classic music. And they want to like blow stuff up and you know, shoot <laughs> yeah. aliens. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. So like, you know, whereas people like, um, you know, I, I, I use Haruspas as an example. You know, like Halo Four really like that landed for him in a huge way. Right, right. That game, that game is like, 
not only is it like lore heavy, it ties into side lore really well. It's 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 just it's different. You know, it's very different soundtrack setting, the art style. It's just it was so different, but in a way that just fit him perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, and even though like we love it, you know, for the mainstream, it was just like. And it's interesting because I actually see a decent amount of people today still say, well, Halo 5 was bad, but at least it wasn't 4. I do see that a lot still, too. Hmm. And I, a lot of times I see, like, it seems like 4 is seen as the most different one, even though, you know, I think most people would agree 4's campaign was a lot better than the story. Like, would you agree, Anthony? Like, Halo 5, like, it feels closer to something like Halo 3 than 4 did, I think. Does that make yeah. sense? No, I, I understand what you mean. It's more I, traditional. Mm-hmm. Well, and even just using the example I just said, I felt like Halo 5 did make an effort to pull some of that that yeah. n- nuance back. I mean, like, you remember coming into Halo 4 and uh, the, well, I can't remember what it's called on the soundtrack, but that like, uh, yeah, with uh, the re- uh, Requiem, is it Requiem yeah. that's like in the background, you know? Um I loved it. And the there's a one of my favorite songs in the Halo 4 soundtrack is Arrival and it plays on the last mission when you're sort of going around the platforms trying to activate them to get to the didact at the very end. Mm-hmm. And when it came on because Arrival had been in the Mountain Dew app I don't know if you played this one, but there was like a Mountain Dew King of the Hill. You could go to 7-Elevens and you could like get points for your Spartan and stuff. Like it would tie to your Spartan. So Arrival, I, 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 oh no, it was 117 was the music that was in there. So when you're in the broadsword and 117 is playing, it's not to say the music was bad. It was really badass at points. It just wasn't. I was just waiting. It didn't even have to be at those parts. I'm not saying like they should have done the theme there. It's not, it's not what I mean. Just like I was waiting for them to tickle the the things I was familiar with. And Halo 4 just was really n- going to be something different, you know. And there's actually those those stories of uh, there's the Vidox. There's some, some uh, blogs there's the vice article about the history of halo that talks about like they wanted to go way farther with it. Like they really wanted to make it different. And at the same time, Josh Holmes said they had a build pretty early on of halo four that they felt was like essentially halo 3.5. Like it was halo three faster. Didn't have like any other crazy stuff. It was a conscious decision that they really wanted to go somewhere different. And from a creative standpoint, really respect that. Like from a fan, that's the thing I have with Halo is like I have two ways angles of looking at it. There's the me as a there's really like three angles. There's like the old nostalgic kid who played the original trilogy in there, you know. Then there's the the new air experiences guy, and then there's like the developer perspective too, and thinking of, of it that way. So it's always um, a mix of things. I don't know, infinite right now. Uh, it's just, it just looks like it might hit them all, you know, like, uh, for me way. personally. So, yeah, I, I, uh, you know, I don't know, like I kind of, sometimes I feel like I'm the only one that feels like, like thinks this way, but to me at this point, I, I'm just, I'm okay with what they want to give me, you know, like, yeah. if they, they want to give me another halo four, he- heck, if they want to give me another halo five, I know some people are going, Whoa, Brian, what are you talking about? But like, 
like I I have Halo One, Two, and Three. They're not going anywhere. I have all these games are special to me for different reasons, and like, of course, I want the new one to be as best as it can be. I would love to just be floored and have it be one of my favorites, but like, you know, the all those like that nostalgia and that original love I have is based in the original Bungie stuff, mm-hmm. and it doesn't that doesn't take away at all from it enhances the three four three stuff honestly. Um, but I just don't, I don't need, you know, I used to be this way growing up, but I see it on Twitter all the time. I'm not like this anymore, but people are hanging on every little, every little detail about Halo all the time. And you can see the emotion in their tweet as, as to how, how much it matters to them. Like, you know, you know, you'll see somebody say, oh, the only thing, you know, the only thing I got to have in Halo Infinite is. Uh, the didact's got to show up sometime or right, I hope right. they kill off Locke or they just say <laughs> something and it's like if they don't get that they're going to be really disappointed or uh, this map has to come back and it's like man that's I did that for so long like pretty much like childhood through high school years like just hoping for every little thing to be there and the disappointment man it's just not it's not worth it so now I'm just my, my expectation is really level that's why when I think when the Infinite trailer came out or the gameplay demo for Infinite came out you ever listen to our reaction to it mm-hmm. i was super stoked because i had really honest to god tailored my expectations low because i just learned to do that and then so then when everybody said the graphics sucked i was i was shocked because I, I didn't even notice yeah i didn't yeah. notice and play potatoes what are you gonna say yeah well i was gonna say like completely for sure is like when people saw the gameplay trailer and what going back to when you said um Halo 5's bad, but at least it's not as bad as Halo 4. I was thinking about that because I just had this conversation with one of my friends. Um, he was saying, he was like, I was talking to him about Halo 5, and he was like, Halo 5 was trash. And he said exactly what you said. He's like, but at least it wasn't as bad as Halo 4. Yeah, and this, this kid has never even installed a Halo to his Xbox. He's just reading <laughs> what people are saying on Twitter and oh, Instagram yeah. and stuff. So I was like, People and then they hate it on the graphics because they have to find something wrong because they have to prove to their friends that or read something that someone else said to prove that Halo sucks because that's what they're hearing from everyone else. They're not experiencing it for themselves. So that's like what's really like makes me like mad about all this toxicity going around everywhere because like it just like making all the Halos seem like trash because people are saying random crap when they love the game. Yeah, it's temp- it's tempting not to go along with the crowd, you know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. not it's not cool to say Halo five is fun or Halo Five's good or like Halo Four is my favorite Halo. It's not quote unquote cool. Yeah. You know, so people wanna be like some yeah. people some people actually like the stuff and they end up convincing themselves they hate it because it's popular. Well so I I have a we have a dev meeting in twelve minutes. So as for as if you will, as maybe the final part of our conversation, I actually wanted to ask you basically what we're just talking about right now halo infinite's coming out i'm gonna make sheet up let's say november 15th for the anniversary right how are you going to experience it you have a bit i i don't know you guys put out content every day on twitter like you're always tweeting but to this very point i have myself thought of how i'm going to go dark or not on social media because it's like I said, I wonder if I would have perceived the breaking differently if I would have read that everyone hated it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, would I have been looking for what they were hating? You know what I mean? 
Like, if nothing else, you have it in your head. So when you're going to there, you're at least going to think, these people said this sucked. It's not necessarily going to make you for sure think it sucks, but you might start looking for things that are wrong. You know what I mean? Instead of just sort of experiencing it vanilla, like holistically kind of a thing. Yeah, um, well, I can, I, can, I can tell you exactly what's going to happen is when it's getting close to Halo Infinite, Josh Josh is going to nope out. You're not going to see Josh at all on Twitter or anything, probably. He's going to go dark because he Josh hates spoilers, hates them, can't stand them. Uh, but me, I'm going to hold true to sacred icon. <laughs> I'm going to be posting every day. I'm not going to do anything different. And honestly, I don't want to be spoiled either, but like, I'm still going to be on there. And I'm still, I mean, even the day of, and the thing is, I don't know how we're going to do it, but like, I want to have a podcast out as soon as possible about our thoughts on the game, you know? So, um, yeah, Yeah. it'll be, it'll be an interesting time because for multiple reasons, because one, I mean, our sacred icons entire existence has been waiting for this game. You know, it was, it was announced when we started and it's still not out now. Yep. You know, we thought we thought we'd we thought we'd already have played it and been past it at this point, but it got delayed. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool to see what that era is like. And I I hope that once that game comes out, we don't have to go through a six year hiatus again. And I know they have the ten year plan. I'm actually so excited about the DLCs. I just think like if they do if they pull like a Destiny style like drop every year ish um where you have some like dlc bundle with like some campaign of telling some new story oh god that's so that sounds perfect man like that's what i want like give me like a mini campaign every year and a half oh fuck hell yes you know if you okay so i'll ask both you guys if you could choose you need to choose it's like it's like a sacred icon question if you could choose one campaign dlc what would you choose it to be about choose anything potatoes you go first probably wherever Aatrox is or the Ark. See something on there with red team. Holy shit, if you went to the Ark in a first-person shooter and you fucking fought the Banish with red team, holy crap, dude. I think I'd have to take another week off work for that one. You you got Anthony excited there. No, that would be cool. It just does not fall in the realm of possibility for me in my head. I don't think they're going to make that narrative jump. I feel like the way Shadows of Reach we talked about in the podcast set things up is like you can have a story over there. You know, you have the keepers going over there. There's the Banished and there's the Spirit of Fire. You can start to develop up this like side spot for stories too i like that i don't i think that's a cool opportunity there's no need to shove them together so fast in fact maybe they're building towards an end game kind of a thing you know i'm not sure that because holy shit you get a situation where you're on the arc with the didact with atriox and the banish with red team the spirit of fire and then chief and shit fly through a portal and then who knows you get the freaking flood in there that's fucking that's like I'll pay three hundred dollars for that game, you know. Like yeah. uh, that, I just, um, I think the I DLC. Picture, yeah, go ahead. Now, like you got me picturing now, like Master Chief, like going to take down some unstoppable villain, and then suddenly, like through a portal, blue team and red team shows up, and it's like on your left. No, dude, <laughs> dude. Oh my god! I just the thing I want so bad that I thought Halo. This was part of my hype for Halo Five. Is I just want like some almost Avenger style 
blue team being badass. Like I, it just felt like uh, from my perspective, I was thinking, oh shit, you're going to get like some crazy, you know, like actually the way the Halo 5 starts with Osiris, something like, I don't know, as badass in a way as that, like uh, the way I loved how they did it with blue team, like they're methodical. They just, they just get the job done and everything. But I was just waiting for something, I don't know, like what even more bombastic with blue team. I think that would be the first thing I'd want is like some blue team thing. But I, I just really, I just think it would be so cool to have an borderline horror-y kind of DLC where you're just like, you find out some flood shit on Zeta Halo and you're just like, some. ideally it's something we don't even know right now. Like not even in the Greg Bear books. You find some wrinkle about the flood out that is just so screwed up and you do it in like a, forerunner facility that's like no one knows about right now like it's not a new thing not a greg bear thing a totally like new forerunner and flood kind of a thing in a sort of stealthy maybe even like horror-y kind of vibe to it Ooh, that sounds cool to me that sounds amazing uh, yeah now, for now sure thinking, now you got me thinking like maybe instead of terminals think if like there's places on the ring in halo infinite where you can like activate a panel or something and it and it takes you into gameplay a hundred thousand years ago. Oh, dude, that would. I mean, I would love a Forerunner DLC. Like you, I. Oh, what was it? It's that short story in Fractures about post firing of the Halo rings. Have you ever read that one? Yeah, it's with Born Stellar and um, Shade to Green or, or Chant to Green. Shade Chant to Green. Oh my God! If you gave me that one, but also, um, no, you know what I'm thinking of is Renegades. There's a part in Renegades. I don't know if you did. You read Renegades? No, I haven't completed it. No. Okay, I don't know if I like how much I want to say, but like, God, there's a part where uh, they go to a Forerunner planet. Like that's vague enough, I think. And there's. They talk about you know they're they're trying to do something there and they do stuff. It's not bombastic. It's not a bombastic super fight scene. It's 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 more from like an environmental and like world standpoint and like lore history and seeing I think some of that visualized of what has happened in the past that was just like so cool. By the way, super strongly, I personally feel Renegades was a better book than Shadows of Reach personally. So if you like Shadows of Reach. Renegades was like it was so good. Um, I think if you did something like that, it, it it's more of like an exploratory and actually visualizing the forerunner stuff that happened. So like it, kind of like what you're saying, except I think what I'm trying to say is it, instead of going back in time, you'd be like stumbling upon remains of things. If that makes mm. sense, um, you gotta hydrate. Oh, I do have to hydrate. Twitch <laughs> chat. Uh, so I don't know any anybody else got any thoughts on that? Not really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's pretty clear from just that conversation that uh, they made the right choice with Halo Infinite being a ten-year project because we can name ten, we can name one a year easy now. You know, you got a Diadac DLC, a blue a blue team DLC, a red team DLC, four hundred DLC. I mean. Yeah, dude, I'm looking forward to it all. I, I hope that uh, I, I would just like to see, and this is not a diss. I would like to see them really stick with that, stick with that plan of ten years, because you know they had the plan with the Reclaimer trilogy, and then they came out and said it was going to be the Reclaimer saga, and then they came out and said, well, Infinite's going to kind of sum up the the Reclaimer saga, and then it's going to be ten years. 
let's stick with, you know, as long as provided infinite lands to play in is a great base game. Let's, let's do that. Let's do the 10 year thing. I'm, I'm not dying to wait for a whole new in yeah. sequel. I'm not. It's just not the way of the future, in my opinion, either. I, from a technical standpoint, um, as well, it's not in their best interest. It's a waste of time and resources to completely be gutting and redoing stuff every freaking three to five years. Triple A games are continuing to take more and more time because the the scope increases. I think you're going to see some advent of technology that helps them. Like you're going to be help. You know how Minecraft procedurally generates their biomes and stuff, and it works for Minecraft. What if you could somehow procedurally generate? I've had conversations with that actually with somebody who works at Three Four Three about this on Twitter, where they were saying, um, you know, the future feels like building tools that can. Uh, automatically procedurally generate content that right now requires artistic people to actually make it. Like, can you generate armors, you know, not have like the pipeline of, uh, you still would have like concept art and stuff like that, but could you throw things into an algorithm that like can get so close to feeling out biomes in Halo Infinite. Like, we're going to have that, right? We're going to be on a ring. There's going to be parts that are snowy. There's going to be parts or whatever. Could you, like, instead of having to the team craft all those spaces, can you build tools that automatically generate some of that stuff? Um, and the... the, the um, the future is it's always has been. The future has always been trying to uh, shorten those iteration cycles, right? And like put content out faster. And that's so much, in my opinion, of why why Fortnite has been successful. They just like constantly pushing updates and doing stuff to that game and games that can do that. That's the future. You're there's so much good entertainment out there these days between. And it's so easily accessible between video yep. games and movies and stuff like that. Your content, your game has to be like the the friction, the point of the friction to get into your experience has got to be low, getting back to your free to play point. And yep. um, it's got to be regularly updated. It's got like you got to keep bringing out new stuff for people. It's, that's the world we live in now. I mean, pretty much everybody. Yeah, everybody's like, uh, you know, the dog from up nowadays, you know, squirrel. Yeah, because there's content. There's, I mean, you blink your eye and there's a whole bunch of new shows and movies, um, and but, games, yeah, dude. I, like, oh, especially the. Tr I think yeah, I saw you last week. Understood. You there? Yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I said I've never really understood the fascination with wiping the engine because if you told me right now that they were going to release a new Halo game that was just using the Halo Three engine and assets. If it was done well, I'd be freaking stoked. Yeah, I mean, from a technical perspective, I I um I can envision that the way things have evolved over the last 20 years in this case, um the way like the new kinds of techniques and styles of assets and all like there's just shit that exists now in the technical space that just was a dream 20 years ago. And that and there's parts of those engines like it, it's it gets to software development and how complicated it is. It's the software so complicated. It's like you think you, you from the outside you think, oh, what's how hard can it be? For example, to change the length, 
you know how in Halo 5 you can only put like three little characters for your thing and it used to be four or whatever. It was one or the other. Like it, it, it changed. How hard can that be to fix? Oh, well, that little change involves a change in this part of the UI, blah, 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 blah. That needs to go through these testing cycles. Oh, and it turns out that for some freaking reason, the code that's responsible for rendering those three characters was changed in Halo 5 and is also used by the ghost rendering code. And oh, fuck, uh, we don't want to push something that breaks the ghosts and how they render. And that's why we can't change the three strings over here. Like... Um, that shit happens all the time in like in, especially in legacy systems, because what usually happens is you, especially in the video game industry where you have contractors constantly coming on, is you come on, uh, you're trying to meet a deadline. You guys cook up, you're trying to, you're only going to be there for a year, right? You're trying to help the game get, get across the, get out the door. You need to absorb the code base as fast as you can, as best as you can to get your job done. But realistically, what that means a lot of times is you don't actually understand the whole gut of it. It's way too complicated and it takes too much time. You can't, you, you don't have that time. You just need to understand what you think you need to know and then you make your change. So you build like, it's like a monster that you keep slapping tentacles onto. And the problem is that eventually you're trying to make a change. This is what they were actually saying about the problems they had with Halo 5, not being able to add asset skins, is that the iteration times through the engine were just so slow because of how it was built that it didn't make sense. And there was actually like memory limitations. It's like we could have we should we should have more weapon skins. Well, they couldn't because the way that Halo 5 was distributed was if for them to include more, it would mean like a new chunk of memory needed to be included in the package and blah. It's always so much more complicated than it seems on these things. And um there's especially now that like Unreal Engine and Unity have gotten like you know there's these f first part like there are there's a big technical company in Epic Games that's basically working full time on making a badass gaming engine like yeah. it's just back in the day Bungie their whole studio wasn't working on the engine and Epic has way more people than most studios have you know working there it's 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 like uh uh, you know, it it's just the reality of how these these things evolve. I, I hopefully, and my guess is, was what they're doing is it, with that in mind is like they're trying to rip out the parts of the old Halo engine that are most um, responsible for slowing them down on these iteration cycles on being able to put out content fast. They're trying to put in new stuff, and I'm sure it's especially. Be, yeah, I don't think people can perceive how difficult elements of that are to transition from not remote working conditions to remote working condi conditions sure. in COVID. Um, you it's, there's a lot of stuff that has to change, uh, in certain aspects and how your bills are executed and blah, blah, blah. So uh, long story short, it's, I can definitely see if they're dealing with remnants of yeah, those old engines, why there'd be incentives to change it up technically and to be able to accommodate things for the future. Yeah. And maybe they thought, hey, we're taking a hiatus now. This is the time to do it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I, th I think the better the, the better we understand those kind of challenges you're talking about, the less critical we would be I agree. on the final product. You know, it, it, it's just so sad when you, you see somebody who's put their, you put three to five years of their life into a project and then some whiny fan on Twitter says, you purposely ruined my game by being a lazy ass or something. Or, yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> what are you guys even doing? <laughs> or you just, you just didn't care. It's like, man, 
this guy gave like three to five years of his life, did everything he could to make it the best game he could. And, and realistically, you know how many times that animator, that artist, that developer's execution of something is also intertwined with like other priorities, you know, like there's there for those who are listening and are interested in actually hearing about some actual accounts of this i encourage you to google to you go on youtube and search for gdc videos for example if you're a halo fan search like gdc halo and you'll see conferences conference talks that are presented by various elements parts of the 343 team blah 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 um i remember there's this one guy for halo 4 who's a technical artist and he was talking about the shaders are this code that executes um for assets that are rendered in the scene and um, he was talking about how they had this one shader code that was super bad, like performance wise. It was very costly to render. And he knew of ways to bring down the perform bring down the performance requirements and make it much more efficient code. However, he was working, I, I think he even calls out, like he was working with Sparth, and Sparth told him, Don't you dare touch those shaders because it looks great. <laughs> Like he loved how the rocks looked. It was the rocks. You know that part in Halo 4 where the you first see the crawlers and they're like cr climbing up the walls? Yeah. It was one of the rocks in those scenes that he was talking about. It was these shaders that were inexpensive. So he told Sparth, I bet you I'll rework this code and you won't tell the difference. And so what he did is like he reworks the code and he puts two rocks in front of him in the scene one is fixed, one is not, and Sparth says, he, I can't tell the difference. He's like, got it. Like, and that's how he gets in. But like, that's just to say that th I'm sure there are times where you have a situation like that, and unfortunately, the compromise is one where the art team, not because they're evil, but because their priority is a beautiful game and true to the thing or whatever, they say, like, we can't do that. And so what ends up happening is maybe you can't have the 100 rocks you wanted. You can only have 20 you know? And then, so the fans are like, what the fuck are you guys doing with these sparse? Where are all my rocks? Why didn't you put more rocks? Well, okay. You want to know why? Like, and there's this whole thing. So anyway, that's part of the reason for what it's worth on our studio, especially as we get closer to our game and we start releasing content, we would love to put out content like that, right? Like straight. I, I think there's definitely an amount of constructive criticism that you could give to not just three, four, three triple A studios in general about being more transparent about how these things work. Cause one, I think people like find it interesting. And then two, I think it brings out and makes it more clear like that humans are working on this game with a really complex, you know, reality of the, the bureaucratic and all that kind of prioritization. Sometimes it's not even like malicious. It's just, it's it's a really complicated thing to make. There are deadlines. There are priorities. Uh, decisions are made off of things that you didn't even know would be considered. Any like visuals, you know, visibility into that stuff. I think really helps, like you're saying, and like that sprint Dubai doc for Halo Five. I thought was really cool. That was great. Endless compromise in game development. Yeah. And I mean, I, 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 I'm telling you, I've worked on software, right? I'm a full-time software engineer. I'm not going to say I've necessarily built a satellite that shoots up into the moon, to the moon or whatever, necessarily. But we've worked on some really crazy shit at our job. And uh, games are just so more, much more complicated from the perspective of it's not just code. You know, it's, it's integrating, like, what makes something fun? What might make something fun is that you change the gravity on one element of something in the scene. Like that thing just needs to behave differently. Okay, yeah. well, doing that affects this and affects that and affects this. And then what ends up happening is you get to a point where like, oh, we're so happy with it. And then you find out, oh, shit, the sound we're using for it 
like gets muddied when the soundtrack is playing. Oh fuck, you know, and like you have to do that, blah blah blah. It's like it's just there's so many so many things, you know. It's uh, it's crazy. So it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing we get the content we do. I mean, no, I dude, dude, I, it's something I'm trying to be more cognizant of. It's just such a miracle that these games get out the door and that they i mean it's such an impressive feat of engineering these multiplayer games where people are playing connecting together around the world with such like and it works so well blah blah, blah. it's really legitimately like that's some crazy shit going on i would say and the, the last thing i'll say is that uh something i've said constantly on sacred icon is it's never it's never bad to just be respectful it's just never like that's never you're never going to go wrong by being respectful like never you don't like a thing you don't like a thing. You don't like a person. You want to. You want to voice your distaste. Still do it respectfully. There's just. There's just nothing to lose. Nothing to lose there. Yep. Hundred you percent know? for sure. Potatoes. Any closing thoughts? Yeah. Um. Just Halo's toxic about Halo. Like <laughs> you love Halo. You're gonna be toxic if you hate Halo. You're gonna be toxic. It just. Un- but like, if you want to be positive. Yeah, sacred I, icon. A, yeah. Go, go. Going. Like, if you, it's always going to be toxic, but I encourage you guys to be positive because if you're positive about Halo, you're going to end up loving it no matter what. Is there some things you hate, but focus on the things you like? Hey. There you go. And if you're looking for a place to go, I kind of finish it with uh, some plugs here. The, check out the Sacred Icon Halo Twitter. They're at Sacred Icon Pod. Is it Best Sacred Halo Icon podcast. Halo Pod? No, we we changed it about a month uh, month or two ago. At Sacred Icon Pod. Yep. Okay, yep. all one word. Uh, check them out on Twitter. You can find their um their their podcast. Sacred Icon Halo is the name of the podcast. You can find it on all the major podcast directories. So whatever you listen on, just uh, search up. Um, but also check out. Do you have a link to your Discord and Twitter? Like, how can f- people find your Discord? Well, you can't. I guess you can't search a Discord until you have like right. seven thousand members or something. So we, it's actually in our banner on Twitter at the top banner. Cool. It's, uh, the invite link is there. So if you find them on Twitter, as with the handle we just told you, uh, follow the link in their bio. And their Discord is like legitimately fi- filled with a lot of people who are excited, happy about Halo. And I mean, uh, th- there's also normal conversations with armor coatings and stuff. Like people converse about. Um, negatives too it's not like phony positive but um if you're just looking for if you feel like you've gone to reddit you've gone to other places you can't really find people who um i don't know enjoy halo like you do i'd strongly encourage you to follow them there you can also follow us yeah you can also join our discord as well if you're our fan if if you're our fans and you're listening to this and you want to jump into halo conversation and you didn't even know we had a halo channel (laughs) we have one um and uh, a lot of the guys that you will see talking in that channel are actually have all jumped over as well to Sacred Icon Halo. So there's some places on Discord for you to go check out if you're looking for it. Um, what what else, Brian? Where can where can would you want to say anything? How people can find you? Uh, I mean, I mean, you if you if you want to email us, you can email us at Sacred Icon Podcast at gmail.com. Um, my co-host is Josh. He's at Jovial Joshy. I'm at Brian's Bane. Um, yeah, I mean, just check out the Twitter, check out the podcast, uh, write in your questions. We, we love to interact with uh, the community, and we just um, everybody's invited to the Discord. Uh, we're, just, we're just trying to be like an exciting, enthusiastic place to, to come talk about Halo, especially as we get closer to Infinite. 
we usually plug in Discord with our major Nelson GIF all the time about how he thought it would be cool and it was cool. So uh, we'll, we'll plug that and uh, just try to get people in there. So, yeah, I really appreciate uh, you having me on, guys, and uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. Certainly not the last time. Certainly not the last time. Maybe one time we'll sneak Josh on that busy son of a gun. And I need to get you. I need to get you on a podcast where Alex Haruspis is around because I know you're a fan. So. Oh yeah, I would love to talk to Alex. It's just, you know, when somebody puts, uh, for those that are listening, we're gonna plug Haruspis. She's not even on here. <laughs> Alex Haruspis. It's at Haruspis. I think H A R S, Haru, H R U S P I S. Haruspis. H A R U S P I S. He just he's put a lot of time. First of all, he's an intelligent dude. And in addition to that, he's put a lot of time into breaking down his thoughts. And also, I would say the the structure and the elements from a narrative and writing perspective of not just Halo 4, like we talked about before, but just like a ton of Halo material through the years. He's got great blog posts. Um, and uh, you can catch him, like Josh was just saying, the place I would first recommend is to go listen to the Sacred Icon Halo episodes with him on they talk about halo 4 and stuff uh on top of that he's got he's he's from england he's got this bitchin british voice like <laughs> he's totally should get into voice acting so um yeah, you should hear his uh, emperor palpatine uh, impression <laughs> actually i think you see somebody tweeted it and it was really good i i think uh, somebody did i think it might have been him anyway you know um when when somebody puts that amount of time and effort into articulating the things he did and the, the I don't know I, I when well, it, it's hard to articulate things well I think it's maybe easier for some people or others so I really respect when somebody puts a lot of time and effort into doing it um and really in that case it was just because like he loved it and wanted to talk about it you know yeah I've told him several times on the podcast that uh you know the reason I found him is because I played Halo 4 I thought the game was dope I went online everyone was saying it was crap and I was like flabbergasted and eventually that led me to finding the Haruspis blog right where what Alex does yeah me he too doesn't just say, he doesn't just say you know this game's great or this game sucks or whatever he goes I like this game and let me break down for you the angle I'm coming from and why I liked it. And here's my approach and my perspective. So even if you don't agree with him at the end, you're like, you can completely see his thought process. Right. It's, it's brilliant. Well, and he had a really good set of articles that actually helped me to chill out a bit about Halo 5 when Halo 5 came out. Because he actually, on those set of articles, he was critical about it. But it's probably like the best example I can think of of what somebody trying to be constructive about their criticism of it and um, while still definitely communicating disappointment. So check him, check him out. There you go. Herb's is a plug. <laughs> for the, um, He'll it, take it. Yeah. And as everybody always knows, you can check us out at kokoalaentertainment.com. There you have links to all our social media, including the Discord we referenced, blah, blah, blah. So until next time, Till next time. We usually been also just the last thing I'll say if you've stuck around this long in the podcast, we've been playing Halo on Fridays and on the weekend on streaming on Twitch. So for sure, if you're looking for a Halo crew, join the Discord and in the Halo channel. Um, they, the dudes are actually pretty frequently running games together. So cool. Sweet.
Keep it sacred, guys. Hey, there it is. All right. Until next time, thanks, Stream, for chilling out and talking in chat. We will see you guys next time. Thanks, thanks, Potatoes, for the sub. <laughs> potatoes <laughs> shoved in the middle of the stream. Dude, I got distracted at the, like, oh, I, I was subbing. <laughs> Dinner's ready. Okay, right on. All right, guys. Hasta la vista, everybody. All right. Thank you very much. I'll kill the stream. Buenas noches. Shout out to all our patrons, especially our Koala Manjaro subscribers, Sansquid, Marcus the Okay, I got your potatoes, Carter Johnson, and to our Koala Tacular subscribers, thank you guys so much for your unbelievable support. If you'd be interested in supporting us on Patreon, I know you get a ton of stuff with your benefits. You get a free sticker of your corresponding tier when you sign up. You get a free sticker every three months if you're in Koala Tacular or Koala Manjaro, and you get free merch every six months if you're in Koala Manjaro, and alongside patron game night, behind the scenes content access, music content, all kinds of stuff. It's easy to sign up. There's a link in our bio for the Patreon. Again, it helps our studio so much if you sign up. Thank you. Thank you again.